0: hello everyone this is noble back with another episode of noble relating the podcast of the new paradigm uh today's a special episode i have not one but two guests uh first guest is um alex Porter of the parter family and um his friend shay uh, can you two say hello to everybody
1: how y'all doing thank you for having us definitely excited about this one
0: hey everybody hey hey so um as everybody knows, again, this is a relationship, no poly podcast, and you two um, are uh, poly people, correct? You two are in, are you in a relationship with each other or you just know each other from the poly community?
1: No, we are not in a relationship with each other. I have a, I have a family of seven, um, okay. me, Shalon, Chantel, you know, and um, also we have um, four kids all together uh we shared our story on multiple platforms from fox news to recently revolt tv you know sharing insight of how we maneuver sharing um inside of non-monogamy overall and how it is actually a, you know an unorthodox love style but also still a meaningful healthy one and puts you in certain situations to where you have to create spaces to communicate be transparent and honest with each other and accepting each other in an unconditional loving way uh, me and shay we actually are just business partners you know someone that she came into the community um, um came in the community. We've been learning things with each other, having a flow with each other. Um, got a couple of projects coming up with each other, but I'm gonna let you I'm gonna let Shay talk about herself. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so
0: yeah, tell us about tell us about yourself a little bit.
2: Um, I'm Shay. I am a sex educator, love and intimacy coach. Um, okay. <laughs> so uh like Alex said, we're business partners. Um I do consider him to be friend, family. That's kind of how I've grown in the polyam community. Um, I met him doing sex education work, talking about um, alternative love styles. and I was I was um, attempting to bridge the gap between, you know, monogamous identifying people and polyam identifying people just, Really, because in my work, what I see is that when you just have a conversation with people, you find that a lot of us really want the same things. We just sometimes don't know how to get there or we don't have the vocabulary to express what it is that we really want. So, just over the year, you know, over this pandemic uh, time, I've just been really lucky to be introduced into the community with a lot of really good people, Alex and his family, um, and other people that we're also connected to who have really just kind of taken me into their space and allowed me to learn and grow in my own Polyam journey. So I'm grateful to be here. <laughs>
0: okay. Um, well, thanks for sharing that. Um, first thing I want to kind of ask you to is first, if you could let like maybe both answer individually, is um, how long have you been poly, and why did you start being poly in the first place? Um, Alex, can you maybe uh, answer that first?
1: Yeah, I'll go first. Um, me, I didn't even know about poly. Uh Our story has been out there on multiple, on, like I said, on multiple platforms. Our story started not in the best fashion. Mm-hmm. You know, of course it started with um, me and Shalon, we were going through our struggles, our, our challenges within our relationship. And of course, in a selfish way, I chose to step out of our relationship. Mm-hmm. And um, in that process, of course, you know it was it was chaotic. Of course, you know infidelity when you bring in that mix into your relationship is gonna be stagnant at home. Uh, Shalon, you know, act- actually opened up the door and saying, you know, she wanted to meet the other woman, which is Chantel, and um, we went from that point. Uh, you know, I, I being transparent at that point when I got caught. Of course, right? You know, still not right. healthy at all. Very selfish. And um, so when they started connecting, they understood that a lot of things that wh- I was saying, I was not downplaying anybody. I wasn't really speaking negative towards my situation. I was, even though I was doing everything this, you know, in secret and not in the most honest way, I wasn't being too too bad on anybody. And they were open to the idea of actually connecting with each other. Shalon, you know, she when she opened up that door, she welcomed Sh- Chantel in with open arms, which was, again, very unorthodox very mm-hmm. odd but shalon has a caring heart just you know so you know it when chantel felt that warmness she was you know hey let's let me start coming up up um out more with you guys connecting with you guys more and we maneuvered forward from that point not knowing that we were living a poly lifestyle
0: mm, i okay. we had were you we two had, married at that point huh were you were you married to the first person at that point or were y'all just in a relationship
1: yes we were married for 17 years at that point 17 years we're at that point and um so when we started beginning this transition into, okay, open our relationship with, with Chantel, you know, we were, I think we were up one night and, and Showtime had a show. It was called uh, Polyamory or Polyamorous, something like that. And then it was people in, in the same similar relationship. I was like, is that what we're doing? And after <laughs> that, I started researching. I started looking things up. We started studying. I'm like, oh, this is the flow. This is this is what we're, we got to start identifying as. But we yeah. had no idea at that point. And of course, the way we came into it, it has, it, it has, it had its challenges. It had its understandings. That's why we always recommend people do need the tools for this. And it starts off knowing, identifying with what you're doing. But that's how our polyamorous story started. Well, our poly story started. It was about mm-hmm. seven years ago.
0: Okay. Thanks, nice, man. Well, what about you,
2: think? Um. So a funny thing is that um, as I've been in the community and I talk about like my past dating experiences, um, one of my good girlfriends, Ebony, she said, Shay, I think most people are really just born poly. And I just laughed and I was like, no. (laughs) So, you know, because I never try to identify or put any labels on myself that I don't fully understand. But You know, as I've been on this journey in the like during the pandemic, I I started going back into my dating history. And um, when I was in college, I was dating a guy for about three years. And I remember halfway into our relationship, I was just like, you know, man, he's a really good man. We have a great relationship. Like, I don't feel like, you know, he fulfills me in all ways. And. Just the way he talked about other women, he always spoke very highly of them. He was always very respectful. I also like me a picky man, okay? I like me a man that's picked about his women. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, he just he just had a certain standard for himself. And I just remember one day I was like, you know, hey, like, you know, if you ever meet a woman and, you know, she's amazing, like, I just couldn't imagine her not falling for you, like the same way that I did. So I was in an open relationship in college for a little while, and then mm-hmm. later on, college career, um, I was in another um, relationship with two women, uh, and I didn't realize that that was poly either. I, I didn't. I didn't know what that was. I thought we were just like being honest, and I was just dating differently. Um, I then, and I just got to sprinkle this in here, I was in a monogamous marriage, um, and I didn't have the tools necessary to really just explore what that could have looked like even under the polyam umbrella but now that i'm you know divorced and single i just want to be happy and you know if that means that i love more than one person or my partner has one more than one person you know i'm okay with living that as my truth so
0: Mm -hmm. interesting um so alice back to you for a second now you you mentioned um two women one was your wife and um your girlfriend i'm assuming are you guys what's your what's y'all's dynamic are you guys in uh, what would be like a close triad, and for people who don't know what that is, that's just pretty much where there's three people in a relationship, and they're just in a relationship with each other and no one else. Or are you guys more open, or what's your dynamic? How do you guys flow?
1: So, so we started off as a, as a close triad, and I, one thing I, I do also want to add to that is a lot of people have to understand when your journey, when your journey, when you're going through your journey in non monogamy. There's always going to be times that you're going to have to do negotiations and, and renegotiations and mm-hmm. new adjustments and adaptions because it's a process. We're learning a new love style in a new way. So our process started off as, you know, a close trial at the beginning. Um, and, of course, that met its challenges within itself because the women were just beginning to know each other and they kind of rushed the situation into the relationship without getting to know each other. So, of course, the, when we sat down and there, we kind of figured out what we wanted to do and what direction we wanted to take things, we altered and we altered ourselves into um, a poly V, which can also be identified as a um, polygyny. But I love to, to still identify also as, I, I like to just say non-monogamy, because mm-hmm. I love to leave the option on the table of renegotiations. If one wants to open up to another partner, I don't want to close out anything or any for anyone if they want to alter something through negotiations and having talks. So that's why I love to just consider it non-monogamy. But at this, at this point, it is basically... Um, a via a, a closed V dynamic where it's just me, I'm the hench with both women until anything else alters or anything else changes on on the table. I love to keep that communication open, right? Right, right.
0: That's interesting. And, um, so are you now, how do you handle when it comes to them dating other people? Like, is that something they've ever expressed that they may want to do in the future? Would you be okay with that? Or,
1: yes, uh, my wife well, Shalon, Shalon recently expressed that she's she, you know, of course, her, she's still finding her flow where she wants things because a lot of things that right now, a couple of transitions that kind of happened recently to where um, we we're, 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 we just found out we're about to be grandparents. Thank you so much. And then also um, we still have our two-year-old, you know, from, uh, uh, from mine and Chantel's relationship. So, you know, from parenting and handling all the additional kids right now, we're still, every relationship is meaningful. It takes, you have to fulfill those relationships. She did express it, that she's interested a venture and see how that journey looks for her. And, of course, she has my support. I told her at the end of the day, I'm one, I'm open to go through that experience. I also know and have to take recognition within myself that I'm going to be tapping into new emotions I have not tapped into. So mm-hmm. I have to know how to maneuver through them and, and process them without reacting before, you know, finding how the appropriate way and according way to actually respond to the situation, especially being so new to this experience that I'm open to knowing that I'm making the choice to open up with her.
0: Mm, okay. I'm going to come right back to you, Alice. But Shay, let me ask you right quick. One thing you did say that you were an intimacy coach. like, a, yeah. Is that correct? Could you maybe like describe what that is and, and like, coach and how did you get into that?
2: Yeah. So to answer the first question, what is an intimacy coach? So what I do is I facilitate intimacy for people so be it through my classes one-on-one coaching and curating experience spaces and activities for partners um, or even solo individuals to experience intimacy so an example of that for someone who may not have a partner would be you know self-pleasuring and doing body exploration which is just another way of body mapping where I create activities for people to become more intimate with themselves. You know, it's easy to just put the vibrator on the clit or, you know, just beat the meat, as they say, but are we really taking our time to get to know our bodies, our erogenous zones, the way we like them touched? Um, and even outside of the physical aspect of it, I get really creative, you know, for couples to just rebuild that bond or just to build that bond when, you know, they are 15, 16, 17 years into a marriage and they've raised the kids and they have the kids and, you know, they're doing the job every day. Um, I just kind of recenter them into creating those intimate spaces. Um, And I got into it because I just I love people like it didn't matter what I was doing in life, whether it was me in college talking to, you know, men and women about sex, love, dating, relationships. I love social studies. So so studying people socially and the ways in which we interact with each other. And one of the most common things people do is have sex. But unfortunately, we have a lot of sex and we're lacking communication and intimacy. So that's where I come in.
0: Mm, okay. Um, Hello, I think, yeah, Alice, let me go back to you real quick and ask, like when you were saying that you would, um. What you were saying about saying how you'd be open to your wife or your girlfriend being with other people, like, I deal with a lot of guys in my coaching practice and whatnot and, like, I find that men have a harder time with accepting the possibility of their wife being intimate with someone else other than them. Um, typically, I think it's, like, a subconscious thing about, you know, some other man being in there or doing something that they can't do to their woman or, you know, it's like a competition almost. Like, how do mm-hmm. you prepare yourself for that? Because I think a lot of people would they hear what you say, and it sounds nice. Like oh, yeah, I'll be open. Yeah. How do you get yourself ready to handle that if you never really went through that before? It seems like that hasn't really been the case so far. No, you know I,
1: I there was um, infidelity on um, Shalon's side as well before, too. So okay. So I, I kind of already went through that process. And, you know, this was, again, before we even knew what Polly was. And, you know, we've been 17 years together. So going through that process, of course, initially when – the the when we were younger and the infidelity happened of course we went through those oh my god I can't believe and it was painful and everything and all that so you know I kind of already went through the acceptance of what that kind of looks like it's not really so much that 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 part weighs heavy on me it's more of the alterations that's going to possibly come with it more than the sexual fact like you know at the communication of She's not gonna be as easy to reach, or how is how does that flow gonna look like? You know, um, the absence of her presence, it's not gonna be really at home. But as for the sexual part, and I know because a lot a lot of people center sex around their relationships, and they do the comparison of, oh my God, my partner, you know, they're doing this person. I know what they do with me. They're probably doing. I kind of went through that, through the infidelity stage that it's like, you know, it's just like, how is this going to look where she's not going to be as accessible to me? Or am I going to be a thought in the in the mind of when she's out or she, you know, uh, so I, I have to look at it from my perspective. Those are things that she possibly goes through, what she went through at the beginning of this relationship. So it's like, you know, I have to go through my journey as well, too, and look at how that looks like. And we, the main thing we always have to remember, that's our job. It's not their job to... Make us feel, you know, if we took the understanding, it's not their job to sit there and say, hey, remember that. Hey, remember that. No, it's for us to remind ourselves this is what we're choosing for us and how we see things going on and look at it in the best light of how we can handle this situation and also communicate. We have to communicate to sit there and say, hey, you know what? I want to be transparent with you. I did get a little bit bothered within this situation. I understand it has. it takes me to, you know, also learn how to control those emotions or whatever it is. I don't want this awkwardness or whatever. No, you, st- you still are being the reassurance. You are still supported. You're still looking like this. This is just how my process looks like for me. Never mm-hmm. look for instant gratification. Mm-hmm. In those situations, never look for instant gratification from both parties. We have to understand, we have to practice delayed gratification as we go through the process of understanding our journey.
0: Right. Yes, okay. Now say let me ask you this right quick. One thing I've noticed, and also, is like there seems to be like a lot of shame around sex, but for people I work with personally, has that been your experience too, and how do you help people to overcome that?
2: Yeah, so there is a lot of shame um, around sex. It's really interesting because, um, so this weekend, or this past weekend, I was in Chicago for Exotica, and I had the opportunity well, can
0: you, can you say what Exotica is? I'm not familiar with that.
2: Yeah, so Exotica is the largest sex expo in the world. Okay. Um, And they, yeah, you know. You they- be familiar with that. <laughs> uh, you got to get familiar with it. You got to come mm-hmm. out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll invite you out next time I'm out. Um, But yeah, one of the things that I I had the pleasure of doing was being in front of people again and being face to face and helping people kind of break down those barriers of shame that they have. And I think that one of the things I do to help is I am the safe space. So I am the person, I am the resource that they can come to and they can ask questions and there won't be any judgment. There will be education. They can be honest. Um, and, And I do that by being vulnerable. Like I'm, 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 I'm intimate with you just as much as you're intimate with me. When people are sharing themselves with me, I think it's important for me to also be just as open. So there's that reciprocal energy. I do approach intimacy from, though I'm an educator, I do approach intimacy from a holistic perspective because that's how I studied it. So for me, that's what it looks like with my clients.
0: Okay. Interesting. Interesting. So be in the same spaces you want to create for them, basically.
2: Yes, Absolutely. Okay. Um,
0: now, Avis, let me pivot back to you right quick. I know with a lot of people hearing, you know, the first thing you told, talked about was that you have children, you know, you have a grandchild on the way. Um, how do you make it, create a safe space for your children to, like, let them know about poly, or, or have you told them about polyamory and, like, what, you're, what you guys are doing, or how did you integrate that into your children's lives? I know that was a big um, thing when I became poly, you know, at, at 35, my mom was scared to death that I was going to, you know, get AIDS or get shot by somebody's husband. You know, like, how do you talk about that with your children and make that feel safe?
1: Definitely, uh, we've always been transparent with our children ever since a young young age. So when this when we started going down this journey, we have older kids. The, um, my daughter right now she's 22. We're going to be 22 this year, and then my son he's um 20. Um, so but when we have started our journey, they were in their teens, and we had already been transparent with them. And um, the funny part about it, too, Shalon's mother, she had lived with us while we while we began this
0: journey.
1: <laughs> so she had lived with us so she was watching everything as it goes. So, oh, wow. So, wow. I, the mo- her mom. Her mom was like, okay, oh, they got a new friend. And then said, <laughs> this friend keeps coming over. She staying the What the hell are they doing? Oh, <laughs> so yeah. that... That one was part of the most interesting conversations Mm -hmm. (laughs) that I had thus far. But um, no, with with the children, we knew that, um, of course, sitting them down, talking to them and um, knowing what we were doing and we were opening our relationship to, you know, and um, trying for us and we were going to find a healthy ground for it. You know, they they accepted it at first. It was, of course, a little resistance because it's like, okay, dad's bringing in a whole new woman. And this is not where we need to see things at what's going on, Um, of course. So they let it play out. And see how things go as long as mom was happy, dad was happy, and everything was at peace. That was their main concern. So through that transition of what Chantel's role was going to be, I never placed that on either of them. Uh, One conversation I had with Chantel and and my children was, I can't tell you who you'll identify her as in your life. And I told Chantel, I can't put that pressure on them either. You have to find that flow of that relationship of how you guys are going to connect. And where they place you at in their life, that's what it will be. And, of course, mm-hmm. she started showing up in the places she needed for them, being the being the extra, the bonus mom, going to the school events, the meets, the, you know, picking them up when they needed, taking them out, building up that personal relationship. Mind this, seven years ago. So if you ask them right now or if you see previous interviews, they, they went on us with Fox. They openly said, that's my bonus mom. That's that's mom now. That's, you know, who I see an identifier at. But they'll also say at the same time at the beginning, hmm, she was a stranger. I didn't know what was going on. Right. <laughs> like, right. Who is this person? I think when it comes to our children, we also have to remember we were children at one point. Right. And there was a certain age that we were able to take the information in and feel like we knew it. We know we know what's going on. And right now, this new day and age, it's all at at their hands, right on through Google. So my suggestion always to anybody that's going to come into a non-monogamous space, to communicate that with their children at the appropriate age to get the information from them not the internet or somebody else because it could be yeah. misinformation and misguide them and they're going to look at it in a different way and not understand it. It's better for us as parents to take that role on with our children and open up that space and be comfortable enough to say, hey, I want to talk to you about this. So mm-hmm. you could understand it and if I, if you ever have a question, don't go to somebody else or don't go search it. Come to me and then we could go through this process and learn it together.
0: Right, right. That's dope. Um, Definitely. Now, say, I want to ask you to pivot off of what um, Alex just said. It seems like he's kind of manifest a structure within something that like he kind of wants that he's like looking to build upon. Um, What do you see for yourself? Do you have like a structure or something that you're trying to manifest personally in your life? Or are you living like the life that you want right now? Like, how do you see your future going when it comes to poly and relationships?
2: Um, I am living my life the way I want to. Um, But it doesn't mean that I don't have like wants or desires. It's just that if there's something that I've learned in my relationships and my marriage is to be open. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I never want to put myself in a position where I say, you know, I I like the never say never thing, right? Because, you know, life happens and people change and we grow and I don't want to block myself off to having an experience or, you know, an opportunity that could very well be something that grows me or teaches me, or it may just be my thing and I didn't know because I would never given it a chance. So I'm very much open. So long as I'm safe uh, mentally, spiritually, and emotionally, you know, I'm good. I'm open.
0: Okay. Do you have children now? Do you want kids?
2: Yeah, so I have two. I have a boy and a girl, um, and okay. I'm open to having. I'm open to having more.
0: Nice. Um, so, Alice, let me ask you. I'll go back to you right quick and just ask. It sounds. I know from an average listener, I know I'm like somebody like my mom may go and listen to this. She would say that you got a lot going on. You know what I'm saying? So, like, how do you balance all that stuff with like wife, girlfriend living in the same place? Like, how do you? Like how does the finances work now? Like, are you guys all pitching in together? Are you guys all helping each other? There's, there's kids everywhere. Like <laughs> in, my, in my mind, like as a poly person, I can kind of understand how it may go already or have an idea. But just can you, just maybe explain it for people who would have no idea, like what your how that would work.
1: <laughs> Definitely, both both my oldest children. Uh, well, all three of my oldest children. Because uh, we have four together. Uh, one lives in New York. Uh, my other two children are in the military. Uh, one is. They're stationed in, I think, North Carolina, the other in Colorado. So they're, my grown kids, they got they got themselves. Uh, as the rest of us, we do share one space. You know, we have one baby. Uh, we do kind of put put in on everything. I take a majority of the slump, you know, just to kind of orchestrate everything. But we're big on um, family beings to, be communicate, to communicate with each other to make sure everything is afloat. Like, um, that is very important at the end of the day. We're not creating those spaces to see what's necessary, what's needed. Then you can't have a structure and structure is very important, especially within these type of relationships, because within the structure is going to be the scheduling, the communication Mm -hmm. or wherever we need to be at. or However, we need to maneuver for each other, make sure we fulfill those spaces. So I like when I when I said it is a lot because I also I'm a big time family man, like a very big time family man. So I Mm -hmm. do have to also make those spaces not only for each woman in my life, but also each child in my life. And them being in separate areas, I do have to FaceTime, create those spaces for them. My daughter, she's only two years old, my youngest one. So she needs daddy's attention 24-7 all day Mm -hmm. long. So it's just really finding the flow. And the great thing about it is to communicate with them to see what they can also do with each other, finding those spaces and building that time with each other. Because not only is it a relationship with me with each with each of them they have relationships with each other too as well from being sister wise and also taking on the mother role to our children as well so mm. scheduling is big communication and scheduling is big <laughs> right
0: yeah that's sound, not still sounds like a lot for, for a lot of people but i get it my man that sounds dope yeah um, <laughs> I appreciate yeah. that so um so say let me ask you one question you said you had no, two children um how do you talk to them or plan to talk to them about intimacy? I, I didn't ask you how old they were, but do you feel like that would be kind of awkward for you to do so? I mean, I know you do it professionally. Cause I know personally, my mom, uh, when she tried to have a talk with me or my parents, that shit was so awkward. I was like, what are you guys trying to say? Like, I think my mom came back with some type of book that didn't make any sense. I didn't, I didn't know what was going on. Like, <laughs> so how do you plan to educate your children about some stuff? Or did you?
2: Um so my children are still young. Um but something that I'm doing now just everything is age appropriate but you know me and my children are very affectionate, very loving. Um something that I think is really beautiful is that when there are couples in a house and they have children is, you know, showing that affection, you know, showing your children what it looks like to be affectionate with their loved one. Because a lot of times when there's that distance, you know, people grow up and tend to have emotional um, and intimacy issues. They don't like to be touched or, you know, they're seeking something that they didn't receive from their parents. So you know intimacy even outside of like sex um or the sexual aspect of it it's really beautiful because me and my children are very intimate because we are so affectionate so be it me hugging them all the time kissing loving on them cuddling i'm going to do it until they tell me to stop <laughs> um, and and then prioritizing like their feelings and their emotions and that communication you know letting my children know that in a moment of them being upset about something or mad about something, they can tell me and I'm going to validate their feelings so they feel like I am a safe space. So I don't think that um, I'm not nervous about talking to them about it. My daughter, seven, she's definitely mm-hmm. asked several times about where babies come from and Ooh. she's asked. Very explicitly, she's like, "Yeah, but how?" So um, <laughs> like, like,
0: it down. Like, I need to see. Something. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> oh wow! How,
1: right, um, yeah. and, and it's
2: funny because that was a couple of months ago. And go and behold, you know, she just never stops wanting to learn. I love it. And before I headed out to Chicago, I had my big banner standing there, and it said, "You know, sex educator Shay." And she's like, "Mom." you're going to go talk to people, right? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, about... And then she spelled out <laughs> sex with her hand and says it, like, with her mouth, but without... <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. And and I said, yes, baby. I said, I am. I said, you know, when mom told you that when mommies and daddies become mommies and daddy, we do it um, through sex, and that's how we make babies. And she, she's okay. You know, she's not... She's not... Um, she's not overly interested in a way that concerns me, but she's also, she's like, okay, whatever. Like, you Mm. know, it's it's not a big deal. I don't make her feel shame around it. I don't make it this big, like, oh my God, no. But as she gets older, I'll continue to educate her on her body and you know, her, her ability to say no and what body autonomy is. And we've already started now. So, yeah. Mm.
0: Yeah. I understand. I feel like, um, I know when I first heard of Polly, um, I met uh, some people who had children. They had three, and I just assumed that their children were going to be weird or messed up in some kind of way. Because again, I had I knew nothing about poly or what was going on or how relationships like this worked. Um, so the concept of them having children who knew about other people—it seemed so foreign to me, and uh, it it really made changed my mind about how people raised their children. You know, because I know my sex was never really talked about. Like I remember I was watching. Uh, Jason's lyric with my mom and some friends, and a uh, certain scene will come on. I'm getting shoot out the room or stuff like that. And some people will let their kids watch stuff like that, you know, because because I can watch Blade kill a bunch of vampires and, and kill people. I <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Exactly. I watch people love on each other, you know.
1: <laughs> and that and that's one big thing that we always get when uh, we when we do our interviews about our children of of you know what are we showing them? You know what are we showing them? What are we displaying in front of them and you know, how are we damaging our children? People tend they, they need to forget. They, they need to get out of their old ways uh, because what we're showing them, especially with living a non-monogamous uh, lifestyle is knowing ourselves, knowing effective communication, emotional intelligence, you know, learn how to have, how to have an overall healthy relationship by our own choice seeing how we see ourselves and doing what we want for ourselves in a healthy way. And when you go back to the old school rules, sometimes, you know, what, what's the saying? Like grandma's in the kitchen while, or, or, or mama's in the kitchen while, while daddy's in the basement. Cause there was no connection. There was no affection. There was no love. The relationship right. wasn't healthy, but they had to do it and stick together because society told them. So right. we're, what, what, what we're teaching our children is a better way of understanding and knowing themselves and how to actually see a relationship in a love style or a, a, in a way to have a healthy love for them. My daughter, if you ask my daughter, mind you, you know she is gonna be a mother soon. If she would see herself in a non-monogamous relationship, no, she wants a monogamous relationship, but she wants a healthy monogamous relationship. She doesn't wanna stick to something with someone that's not gonna appreciate her or love her in the way that she desires and that she wants to also give to that individual. She mm-hmm. understands what she wants. As well as my son, he wants a monogamous relationship. He he, straight up told me, "Dad, man, you know what? Uh, sometimes I see how much of a headache it is for you. You could have that. I <laughs> respect your relationship with both moms, but no, it, that's not for me. Right. So, so that, like, that,
0: that was actually about to be my next question for you, Alice. I want to know, like, how do you handle the emotional weight of being with multiple women? Because I know for a lot of men, they would seem like that's that's a lot. That's a headache. Plus, you have children too, um, girls. I'm assuming <laughs> three so girls, three that's girls." A, it's a lot of estrogen, man. Like how are you how are you maintain it? You know what I'm saying? Like
1: I, I vent to my son a lot. No, I'm playing <laughs> <laughs> man, these women is crazy. No, <laughs> no uh, uh I had to learn I had to learn how to validate emotions, right? And not, look, not really not, not really go past that and really try to go on that logical sense. Because, man, sometimes we stick to logic. Well, okay, let's break this down real quick This may, and move forward. I had to really slow down myself and put myself in a pace and put myself in a different space to understand them and validate their emotions and understand how to actually come together and, you know, um, tackle whatever challenges we had. It's very technical, right? Because at the end of the mm-hmm. day. Just the women in the relationship are two different, unique women in their own type of ways that that their love languages are different. Mm
2: -hmm. The
1: way they handle certain situations are gonna be different, their communication style is gonna be different. Mm -hmm. So the approaches have to be different. And it's always studying and understanding each partner because you may have multiple relationships, but they start they still are individual relationships, let alone. And then also having my children that are daughters, you know, my, my three daughters. I have to handle them in different ways to understand their challenges. I have old, the two oldest, you know, they're in relationships. They're in their, their own challenges of what's going on. And sometimes I am the man that they come to to try to understand things. So mm-hmm. it is really being patient, really being patient and really approaching those situations from an understanding point and learn how to. I will always sit there and say, learning how to understand and validate a, a person's emotions. Mm-hmm. Things are going to lead you in the correct way if you lead if you start there first, because we want to sit there and say, yo, I get you. I understand that. I'm with you. And then you can take the approach from there.
0: Right. We'll be right back with more from Noble Relating. Well, Say, so let me let me ask you right quick. It's one thing I want to know about. Um, I mean, in my personal life, I've been doing journeys with Tantra and things like that and trying to like open myself up um, in my heart space more and being more intimate with people. Um, and I, I felt like I was pretty good at it already, but I've, I've kind of been growing over the past couple of years. What has your experience, your personal experience, been like dealing with men, um, specifically in terms of this intimacy space that you're in? Like, do you feel like it's struggle for them? Or how do you, you feel like they are disconnected from it? What's been your experience?
2: Oh, I love this question. Um, <laughs> um, there are layers to this, right? And I'll simplify it. But um, the reason why I want to preface it with there's layers is because I think that society looks at men as very Mm one-dimensional. so there tends to be like this pressure, like even, you know, from maybe their, their men friends as well. And the pressure that they put on themselves to be this one-dimensional person. And what, what I've seen happen is that it stunts their growth. It stunts their emotional growth. um, And it stunts the way they connect intimately with women. And I know that, We can talk all day about how men and women are just so different. Um, But when men come in my spaces, um, we connect in a very different way than what they're used to. And they tend to really like and enjoy it because it's a space where they're not able to do that regularly. So one of the things that I saw happen with a couple I was working with in Chicago is he was feeling a little bit of performance anxiety. Mm
1: -hmm. and
2: it was just a basic intimacy exercise that you know we were showing him how to do and him and his partner she's really excited and she's revved up and this is a and a very attractive couple like she was fine he was fine i said Ooh, you know like you know <laughs> people look at people and they're like oh they're this fine couple they got it together they you know they got yeah. it they got confidence but then when i'm reading his body language and i'm watching him work with her it's like he was afraid to fail is what i picked up You know, in my energy. And so I helped him work through that. And I think that. For men, there is this pressure, like I said. So that's one of the things that I noticed. And then it results in performance anxiety. And so that there's that's where that disconnect comes from a lot of the time. It's just that fear. So I'm working through that. And I've recently opened up my coaching services to men for men to be on the receiving end of intimacy. And they could still bring their partners. And we just make that the focal point. So that way, the partners can connect more and deeply. So...
0: Hmm. Interesting. Um, let me ask a question to Alice right really quick, uh, just in terms of, like, to piggyback off on, like, the men and whatnot. How would you feel if your wife or your, or your girl or your lady wanted to have another man move in? Like, do you have any, like, male friends? Are you in like, any type of, like, male brotherhood type stuff? Or like, would, you, would you even be open to something like that?
1: That's an interesting question. That's that's a, I don't we never had that discussion. I wouldn't I wouldn't know how to process that. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I could get along with people.
0: Because mm-hmm. I think for um, like sharing the space with women is different because you're managing them and your relationship. Yeah. You know, but like having another brother there could be like, uh, you know what i know mean? like, how would that even work if that was something that you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying that would be a possibility, but.
1: Yeah, no, no, and i just speaking on hypothetical like that. That I don't know. That that would be crazy because I, I, am, I am very stubborn in my ways. I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to deny that. Like you know, I like yeah. orders in a certain way, and then bring another man into that space. You know, I know that's going to be a, a challenge within itself. Um, yeah, that would, I, I it will probably, you know what, at, it, when I said that the beginning of my relationship was chaotic, we will probably go through another transition of chaotic, <laughs> chaos in this household. <laughs> I'm not even going to lie to you. <laughs> but, you know, you know, one thing I, do, I, 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 it's hard for me to speak up, but I can always admit it's hard for me to sit there and, um, kind of say how something will kind of go if I haven't experienced it yet. But, right. you know, um, knowing that how I am in my ways certain times, because Ch- Chantel has a strong personality and then sometimes we we bump we bump heads. So now take it away from a woman. i not saying that a woman doesn't have her own way of how to conduct herself, carry herself, and she has to submit all the time, but also a man is going to be way more intense. So it'll be, yeah, I, I, it'll probably be chaotic in this house. I am not going to lie. <laughs> that's yeah, was man. a great question. I, I'm going to have to process that
0: one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, um, well, and the, uh, the second part, do you have, like, male friends like, that you hang out with in the poly community? Like, are you in, like, a, you know what I'm saying? Like, a, like a, kind of like a brotherhood type of thing. That's one thing I have yes. noticed in the poly community. That can be kind of rare for find men who are really about it, personally. But yes, definitely.
1: um, I we have I have an amazing tribe. Shout out my tribe. You, Shay is part of my tribe. Like, oh, and uh, what's called uh, one of my closest friends that that is in my tribe is um Eddie Ruff. Him and his wife have a relationship like that where she has a, a a man there. They don't live together. And then shout out uh Ty Ebony Alex and Dell. They were actually a quad, and they do business and everything together. So it is good to have the male spaces and have those platonic relationships with everybody around because mm-hmm. those are spaces that I do. You know when I'm going through some of that. Do something I can call and connect with, and get some information, and you know that's going to understand me from where I'm coming from. So I think those relationships and creating a space where you have a tribe, and the relationships don't have to be romantic; they could just strictly be platonic, is very important in this community.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, right. I definitely agree. Um, and say, let me ask you again about about the men that you may work with or whatnot. Yes. Do you find that when you do the intimacy coaching, whatnot, with men? do you find do you ask them about their background or their relationships with other men in terms of they have like the no positive father figures or things or things like that cuz i find again in my personal um experiences that a lot of men who don't have good relationships with their father um tend to not be as confident in terms of like intimacy or things like that or they don't have a their brotherhood you know
2: Yeah, so I do I do dive into those questions because it's important for me to know like what the barriers are and for us to explore that. And then one of the things that I do, it's so funny he brought up Eddie, because when some men come into my spaces, when I know that I don't have the capacity to because I'm not a man, um, I don't have the capacity to. Uh, Fill those spaces that are needed by the brotherhood or by, you know, that masculine energy that you guys need to share amongst yourselves. I do recommend them to Alex or Eddie or other men in my life that I know who are absolutely amazing. And they are complex men in the best way, meaning they are men who grow emotionally, mentally, spiritually and physically. So, you know, Mm -hmm. I, I. tap into that space and it's a beautiful thing but for the men that do have those challenges i identify them and then i give them the resources through the men that i'm around uh in the tribe so like alex said shout out to the tribe (laughs) right
0: right. and so in your opinion shay if you could maybe just tell me what do you think the biggest hang-up for men with intimacy is and what would you say the biggest hang-up for women like do they they both tend to have the same triggers or hang-ups there or is it kind of uniquely different that you? Do you see any overarching similarities between what men and women individually have to go through?
2: Yeah, I think it's both. Right. I think that's I think one of the things that we share as men and women is fear. Mm -hmm. Um, But for different reasons. So women are fearful from like the emotional standpoint where it's like, you know, I'm afraid to get hurt. So if I open up to this person, you know, there's this fear that I'm going to get my heart broken. Um, And while men can also share that, I think that for men, what I've learned is it's usually this psychological fight within themselves of losing power. It's like, if I give her my- you know, there's there's this power struggle that they that they're fighting. But when you sit down and have the conversation from a from a place that is not rooted in the dark side of our egos, not too much, not too heavy in one space, you learn that it is just fear that we all share for very similar reasons.
0: Mm-hmm. Got you, got you. So, Alex, like, what's your What's your goal, bro? Like, do you have like a a thing that you're trying to get to with your family, with like the business you're doing and how you guys are connected? Like, what do you try to build for um, yourself and your family? Cause I see you I do see you out a lot doing this stuff. Like, what's your you know, end game?
1: To me, with, with my family, is just that overall that I want everybody to understand, even though it's an extraordinary love, an extraordinary family, it's still a possible, healthy family structure. Uh through us, within our with, what we actually touch on and everything, just we just want to show what family is, what family is at the end of the day. It's possible in any way that you see it and you create it to be. We don't really have no really end goal. You know, we just want to actually spread more education and more awareness to it. Uh, we even created a space to where we awarded other leaders in the community to show that, you know, it takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of motivation, a lot of, you know, um, spaces for you to put yourself out there and you know knowing that society is going to throw stones so right. we, we want to just keep motivating others to actually share your story share at the end of the day that it's okay to live in love like this some may not understand it. eventually when they come to one with themselves and understand that this is what life is having control within yourself living and loving how you actually want with an understanding and acceptance from your partner and knowing them in their truest form it's okay like it's okay. This is what mm-hmm. I want to do life with. Now, when I'm doing life with someone, it may not look like how you want to do life with somebody, and it's okay. That that's that's perfectly fine. So we want to show that this is this is what a family looks like, a, okay. a different one at the end of the day, but a supporting, loving, healthy family at the end of the day.
0: Right. And are you are you both in Houston?
1: Yeah, all of us are in Houston. Well, except my kids, except my three oldest, but all and of she,
0: us are in Houston. And she, you're in Houston also, correct?
2: No, so, so I'm based in California. I'm in the Bay Area.
0: That's the open okay. area uh, in in your in your two respective areas um, where you live, is there like a large poly community or is it something that you've kind of grown yourself or tried to like expand on yourself?
1: Oh, in Houston it it's it's growing. I think Houston I think between Houston and, and um, Atlanta are the two biggest from my understanding really you know yeah houston has a lot of poly individuals and and that's why we get so much support here Um uh, especially when we do the local news or anything like that a lot of people come out and um they live a an non-monogamous lifestyle there's a lot of people here it's a very it's a very good sized community here in houston
0: okay and, and in that in that community do you find that they are they tend to be in integrity with everything because in the ones that i've seen outside of um pla I never really got what their philosophy was. I always how you do things without a philosophy in terms of like how to relate to people. So do you feel like it's pretty, the ones that you've seen so far um, are pretty straightforward and, and integrity with what it means to actually be a polyamorous?
1: Yes, yes. Because we have some great leaders here, that, some great educators here in Houston. So it's actually very amazing that um to see so many spaces being created to get the correct information out.
0: Wow, okay, dope and same to you um, uh, about the community and uh, the integrity of it in, in california
2: um so i've been meeting a lot more people just throughout the nation to be honest like i travel and i know people in other places and when those relationships are built like for example through alex me meeting a lot of people so my my personal network is a lot more spread out than just california i do know that there are um large communities in california i have not you know, connected with them. uh, Because our philosophies are different. Um, I do understand that Mm -hmm. it can be really exciting to be polyam and, you know, a lot of people do root the relationships in sex. And even as a sex educator, um, Mm -hmm. I'm not, um, the relationships that I cultivate are healthy relationships outside of the bedroom. So when the philosophies don't align, I just don't align with them, but I'm open to learning people here in the Bay Area, and I've met a few people who do um, identify as non-monogamous, and it's a it's a beautiful thing. But my community is a little bit more spread out.
0: <laughs> Same here for the most part. Do you do you find people tend to confuse swinging and polyamory a lot, Shay, or people think they're poly but they're really swinging, or you know, what I'm saying.
2: I would say that bigger than it being the confusion between being poly and being a swinger, I would say being poly and being a cheater.
0: Mm, can you explain?
2: Um, yeah. Good, good people do bad things. So I would never say that just writing people off as, oh, well, if you're cheating then you're this terrible person, but um, unfortunately, what it takes to be an polyam dynamic or what it takes to even be a swinger is the transparency the honesty and the openness and I think that that's something that's missing when people see a word and it kind of gives them an excuse to just you know excuse my but just act an ass and it's unfortunate because I think that that does leave a bad taste in people's mouth when it comes to the polyam community and I'm hoping that at the very least with platforms like yours and, you know, what Alex sharing his journey and us, you know, connecting with other people that we can really have the conversations about what polyam is really about outside of what is being, you know, sexually glorified.
0: Mm, okay. And, um, to you, Alex, have you had any, like, um, issues or a lot of, like, having to, like, educate people around that, that difference?
1: Yes, definitely. Uh, from swinging, of course, especially with some of the terms like unicorn, they they flow over, so it kind of confuses the situations. And right. since everybody also sexualizes relationships, when people speak relationships for some reason, they it's centered only about sex. So right. I think that Shay did also go to the cheating part, because when you sit there and tell someone this is consensual non-monogamy, we have an understanding, we communicate, and we understand this is how we see our relationship for us. Oh, you're just, it's cheating with, um, you're allowing the cheating is you're just aware of it no cheating can it falls into so many different things it's deceit secrecy you're right. you're you're lying about something that's where the cheating it's not the the act of sex and that's what they center it around so you're able to sleep with somebody else so you're like a swinger no it's not that swingers also have their own understanding not that they're not it's not consensual over there or they have their rules and their policies how they flow but it's still not that because these are fulfilling relationships so sometimes you do find yourself within that especially cuz Again, a lot of monogamous individuals—not to say that that's bad or whatever—they still center relationships only around sex. So right. yeah, you do you do come across that, and a lot of people need to understand that when you open up your relationship, you're opening up with that conversation with that individual of understanding, right. agreeing on things, going to those negotiations, those rules, and seeing how that flows for you. So yeah, it's it's very important for this information and platforms like this to be out there so people to be aware of what things are and how the things are laid out.
0: Right. Um, so Shay, let me that means, brings me back to you uh, being an intimacy coach do you help people with intimacy beyond sex you no know, with just like communication and things like that and how do you help people with those type of intimate things that don't yeah. Awesome?
2: yeah so um in the course that i just released intimacy through the senses um the majority of what i do is non-sexual right, right. like it's okay. it's To isolate different parts of who you are, and then I create experiences for each couple. And what I do is I tailor it because every couple has a different issue. So I would never, you know, put an umbrella over it. But my my educational background is in communication, so communication is always the foundation of what I do. Mm -hmm. uh, Be me you know, listening to them, listening to the ways in which they communicate with each other and then giving them the tools to be better communicators. Um it's unfortunate because something that people don't realize is that in the bedroom, a lot of our blockages come from things that are happening outside of the bedroom. So when we, you know, have whatever issues it is and we're like, well, he doesn't do this in the bedroom or she doesn't do that. It's like, okay, well let's unpack that. Like let's explore what that looks like because I'm sure it's not just because they don't want to do it in the bedroom and Nine times out of ten, it is definitely something that is going on em- uh, mentally or emotionally. Sometimes it could be a financial stress. You know, there are so many things that play a role in how we show up in our relationships, and those are the things that I help couples unpack.
0: Hmm. Okay. Um, Alex, have you ever had any? Oh, excuse me. Have you ever had any intimacy issues in your relationships? And the ones that you're you're dealing with your wife and your um, and your girl now, just in terms of like being disconnected from them and having to get back? And how did you do that if you did? How did you uh
1: Definitely at the beginning, at, at, at the, we had been, me and Sean have been together since the age of 15. Oh, I know. <laughs> so, yeah. How old are you now? So, uh, 30, well, it won't be 39 um, by, by Saturday, oh, so i going to say oh, 39. <laughs> <laughs> yeah been with this woman for over 22 years now 23 years I think. Dude, work. <laughs> it's been work and it's been the process of actually learning that right um going through the right. growth and then learn how to learn each other learn each other learn our love language learn how to show intimacy those creating those spaces with each other i know me and Chantel, we lost it for a period we lost for a period of time like we got disconnected and mm-hmm. even at this point like even at this point in our relationship right now we're six years in um we we're still re trying to find that flow and reconnecting, taking that space back to actually be aware of what we're doing and what we're causing, and how to get back to that space to be intimate and affectionate with each other. It's very important. Uh, one thing I had told Shay, I was like, um, when I, when I she she uh, told me show the intimacy coach, I said people tend to forget how important uh, intimacy is because when we leave a relationship, sometimes it's not the actual person that we're missing; it's the intimacy that we had with that individual that we're missing.
0: Right. And and one thing I I have about that is I feel like sometimes people tend to overlook the intimacy issue when it comes to being with like a primary or nesting partner, because they feel like, well, I'm poly, so I can just, you know, get that somewhere else. But then Mm -hmm. you're kind of like neglecting the whole actual relationship and just looking at it from like a, you know what I mean? No, exactly. Yeah. Shay, have you, um, have you experienced that in your work any where somebody was kind of like, checked out because they wanted to get it from somewhere else and just wanted things to kind of just coast with our current partner.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And the funny thing, and that's why I always bring it back to that bridge, right? Between monogamy and polyam because the same things show up in, in both relationships. Um, it just looks a little different. So in a polyam relationship, you could have the primary partner. And now you have, you know, I don't know, let's say you have your comment, right? Your long distance lover. And now mm-hmm. this person, becomes a person that you fill those voids and those spaces with, and then you neglect your home. And in a monogamous relationship, that's kind of how, that's exactly how infidelity works, where when you're not getting something at home, you do go get it somewhere else. It doesn't mean you don't love your partner. It doesn't mean that you don't want to be with them and have a life with them and continue to grow with them, but you are neglecting, you know, the relationship and the intimacy aspect that's needed in your primary relationship for the relationship that you've built outside of that. So that's definitely something that I see.
0: Okay. And how do you help people to overcome that really? Is it just is that just about them wanting to do the work at that point?
2: Oh, they have to want to do the work. Oh Ooh. have to want to do the work. But the thing is is you know a lot of people unfortunately don't even realize that intimacy is something that they're missing. Right. And and so mm-hmm. what ends up happening is because again their parents didn't show them. They were not prepared before we get married to understand or before we take these journeys with partners and long-term relationships. We're not taught to understand that we should prioritize intimacy. So what I do is I create again like experiences, activities to people who are committed to doing the work. And it's such a beautiful thing. And you know, I want to bring up, you know, my most recent trip again. I had so many couples who were coming up to me and you know they were really grateful for being able to share that experience with me. Of me not only teaching them, and then them being able to get actual tools that they can take home, but them having access to me now, where they go, Shay, you know, we got this, we got this, you know, wax candle. What do we do with it? And I'm like, <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm a creative, like so. I, though I'm an educator, I'm a creative. So coming up with ways for people to connect, I, I love it. Like I'm. I'm
0: obsessed, almost. I don't know. I love it. Yeah. It's my <laughs> so. Alice, would you agree that like, she said something interesting? That I I picked up on there, which is that you know the same issues in polyamory is the same things you would may experience in a monogamous relationship uh, to a degree. Would you agree with that? And um, if you do, then what would you say to people who would be like, "Well, why be poly then if you're going to have the same stuff? If you're monogamous, or so same issues."
1: I love this question and yes I do absolutely agree cuz like I said a while ago even though you're in the you have multiple relationships they are still individual relationships so each individual relationship can still have the same challenges as a monogamous relationship which is one on one cuz you're still in an individual relationship it's one on one the difference right. is also one can also sometimes drain the energy out of it. And you could take that to the next relationship. It does. It, there There are differences, too, as well in being poly to, mon- to, to monogamous. And why do it if you still have the same challenges? Because that's how you choose to love.
2: Mm. We're not mm-hmm. we're
1: not coming into we're not converting ourselves from monogamy to non-monogamy because you or to poly, because we just feel like it's going to fix something. No, this is how we choose to love. This is how we see love. This is how we want to fulfill and be in our relationships. And this is how we see our lives for ourselves as we're doing life with our partners that we choose to have in our lives. So it's right. not a fixer. It's not an escape. It's not a distraction. Those things qualify under, you know, infidelity and, you know, just those secrecy, those living a different alternative double life. You're not living a double life in poly. You're mm-hmm. actually giving and giving your full and 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 coming with pure intent of loving these individuals. And relationships are hard let's call it for what it is Regardless whatever way you want to live relationships have these right. challenges doing life with someone is even though we want it our way it's not going to always be our way we have to compromise with each other so, right yeah, I, that's one so, thing we have to hold up hold together
0: right so one thing i want to ask i feel like some men may want to they may, may be thinking is you know sometimes things could be going good with one girl and then maybe not so good with the other and and, and vice versa you know what i'm saying like and, and it could be miserable when, like, it's just one woman who's, like, really in, you know, in a not happy and in an emotional state. Like, that could be hard for us brothers to deal with, you know, just one. Like, what do you do when both your women are, like, not really happy with something or you're bo- they're both in a situation? Like, how do you manage that? Because that seems like, I feel like most people consider that just, like, a hurricane of, like, despair. <laughs> <She's negative. laughs>
1: I, go, I go pray no <laughs> no 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 i i handle the situation oh, of course this is the this this is where the importance of creating a safe space comes into play because uh-huh. when you create that safe space it's going to give them the and when i say create it uh because i had to explain this to somebody when we say create a safe space it doesn't mean a safe space to hear them out and then you know, start attacking them about what they said. No, just <laughs> just hearing them out, letting them vent, listening mm-hmm. to what the issue is so you know how to resolve it, you know, and how to, you know, you attack it. You know, this is the, this is me and you going against the problem, not me versus you and making more of an issue, and more of a problem amongst each other. When right. it's two of them, if, if it's separate issues amongst both of them, because I've had that situation happen, you know, I do take the time that's necessary to make sure I – pull one aside, fix the issue and resolve it. And then before even moving forward or anything with that partner, I go to the other and then we resolve that issue too, as well. And if it's both of them against me at that time, well then obviously I am the problem at that moment. I need to reflect and be aware and take my <laughs> accountability. But, <Right. laughs> but, you know, we make sure that we take that time to create those spaces to handle that situation, that problem. One thing I'm very against that, you, you know, um, in these type of relationships, is if you have if you know you're stagnant or something's going on with one relationship do not go with your other partner and act like that's non-existent and just mm. you know go be smiling because they're seeing that and it's like mm. how important am i in your life? Right. That you're okay leaving me here in my emotions or whatever is going on. You'll cause mm. more damage in your relationship for that. I'm not saying to throw that on your other partner too as well because that's not their issue if, if that's an individual relationship, but learn mm. how to take the time to create those spaces to correct correct everything before maneuvering forward in happiness and joy with the next partner. I will suggest that.
0: Yeah. I, I, I definitely understand that, you know, um, shoot, I see a lot of people have a hard time when even people are just being, being happy, you know, you could be happy with somebody and then you see them laughing with somebody else. It's like, yo, what's so funny over there? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm <laughs> It's <laughs> like, like no, nah, we're happy. Like, what's the, What's the problem?
1: Y'all I'm talking about that argument we had earlier? I know y'all playing me. It's like, no, nah, we ain't. Well, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> right, right,
0: <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, that's that, that's that's real. Oh man. Well, um, I usually try to keep these under an hour, and we went a little bit over. I could probably talk to y'all for another hour. <laughs> no, for real, for real. Yeah. Um, man. But I really appreciate you guys, you know, coming on and doing this uh, with me. Do you, do you have any final thoughts or anything that you guys really want to say? Um, anything that you want to plug uh, that you may have coming up?
1: Go ahead, Shay. Yeah, I'll go after you.
2: Okay. Um, first, thank you so much for holding this space. Um, I think these conversations are really important just for people who are interested in, you know, the love style. I call it a love style, not a lifestyle. Right. Um it's a commitment okay doing this is a commitment uh but thank you for sharing space this summer i actually have some things going on um i will be doing a summer of senses with shay And it is a live tour that I'm doing in California and I will be doing my intimacy seminar. So if anyone is interested in, you know, increasing intimacy in their life, whether you are partnered or solo, I work with both. I get creative and, you know, I'm here to help us become better lovers. So thank you for having
0: me. Of course. Sure. For sure.
1: I, I had an amazing time. I, whenever you need me back on, hitting i'm with this i love i love educating i love sharing our story i love putting information out there you know being transparent with everybody because we're here to teach each other learn together and stay a student right i, like I said at the beginning i would love to stay a student to this lo- love style we all there's always so much more to learn i do got a, a podcast coming out with uh, the blur lines you know just touching on different things and ways to keep a relationship healthy you know just things that we might need to just dive in topics just topics that we're not really hearing about um i, I also got coming up um I can't even share that information. I forgot. I, I got something special <laughs> okay. after summer. Be on the lookout. Be on the, <laughs> the lookout for that. Make sure you follow okay. the page, the Porter family. You know, I am putting like just different skits on there. Just, you know, just funny skits and just information out there. That's the best place to see me and my family as everything kind of transition and we're growing as, and expanding. I am becoming a grandfather. I'm still trying to take that in. You know, really? how am I going to explain Polly to my grandbaby? you know know, but yeah just i thank you so much for creating this space and having us on i really enjoyed this interview all
0: right yeah man dope um i appreciate that uh oh and uh say do you have a a social media handle or anything like that you want to plug
2: I do. Um, If anyone is interested in finding me and finding out uh, more about what I do, you guys can follow me on Instagram at is Love. That's S-H-A-E-I-S-L-O-V-E. Click the link in my bio. Everything about me is in there.
0: All right. All right. Well, everybody, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, This has been another episode of Noble Relating. Uh, We'll be back next week with more guests, And you'll get a special one-on-one, just me, solo interview um, this Wednesday. Thanks much and love good.